Psalm 119, we're going to be in the, the ninth section or stanza this morning. <clears throat> it starts in verse 65 there, if you have Psalm 119 ready. It said, Thou hast dealt well with thy servant, O Lord, according unto thy word. Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I have believed thy commandments. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now have I kept thy word. <clears throat> thou art good and, dost, and doest good. Teach me thy statutes. The proud have forged a lie against me, but I will keep thy precepts with my whole heart. Their heart is as, is as fat as grease, but I delight in thy law. It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. <clears throat> Excuse me. The law of the Lord is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. Father, we do thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you, Lord, for the Sunday school hour. We ask that you would, uh, Lord, meet with us this morning. I pray that you would be with each teacher. Lord, fill them with your spirit. I pray that the word of God would uh, go forth with power. And Lord, that you would speak to each and every heart this morning. Give us something from your word to help us to be better servants for thee. And we'll thank you for what you do. In Jesus' name, amen. So here we are, and we've been looking at the, the longest chapter in the Bible for several weeks now. And, and uh, the first eight sections or stanzas, we've looked at it. And uh, we've seen a lot of things. We've been urged to be faithful to the word of God. Uh, no doubt the psalmist uh, was faithful to the word of God. And uh, in today's portion, however, we're going to discuss afflicted steps. So I don't know if you remember last week we talked about directed steps. And it's from verse 59. It says, I thought on my ways and turned my feet unto thy testimonies. And, and so uh, he turned his direction uh, unto the Lord or unto the word of God. And so this morning we're going to talk about affliction. Uh, that's not something we enjoy typically. Uh, we don't like affliction, but the reality is God uses affliction. God uses trials to get our attention and to teach us. And uh, it's necessary, I would even say, for the Christian, uh, for the believer, for God's children, it's necessary sometimes to go through hard times, uh, even though uh, unpleasant. And uh, a little teaser, the last verse here, it says, The law of thy mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. It's about perspective, really. Uh, it's about what God's doing in our lives um, <clears throat> and where our treasure is laid up. Uh, it's about perspective. But, so, but the first thing, before I don't, that was just a teaser. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself here. Uh, verse 65 says, Thou hast dealt well with thy servant, O Lord, according unto thy word. And so when we... When we think of the idea of affliction and, and, or challenges in life, um, uh, the psalmist here, he always was well to remember that God dwelt well with him. Regardless of what was going on, uh, regardless of the affliction or the challenges or the difficulties, he was able to say, thou hast dwelt well with thy servant. Uh, he had confidence that God was dealing on his behalf. Uh, for his good, uh, we find later that in this in this uh, stanza here that there were uh, some difficult times he had experienced, and but even in when things quote unquote go wrong, God was still dealing well. Uh, 
Um, oftentimes when things aren't going the way we planned, uh, the things uh, just, it's like, it seems like there's a setback after a setback or, or a change after a change. And you think you got the, these plans ready to execute, yeah. right, brother? Um, this is such a timely lesson for me today. And uh, so pray for me. But uh, when we think it goes wrong, God will deal well. Amen. We just have to trust Him. No matter what the situation, the scriptures are sure. Uh, Romans 8.28, and we know all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are called according to His purpose. He's working. We just don't understand it all. We don't necessarily enjoy it all at times. Uh, but if our perspective is right, and we'll get to that again, and uh, God's word is totally dependable. It, it says, Thou hast dwelt well with thy servant, O Lord, according unto thy word. Uh, God has not kept any secrets from us. He was straight up. You're going to suffer affliction. You're going to suffer persecution. It's going to happen. And, and, and uh, this wasn't really part of my lesson. I was just meditating on it as, as we came in this morning. And, and, but Psalm 34, I encourage you to go read that. Uh, it's very applicable to what we're, we're talking about this morning. But I just want to remind you of a few things. It says, depart from evil and do good. This is Psalm 34, 14. Seek peace and pursue it. Look at what it says in verse 15. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. Look at what it says. And the ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. But verse 17, the righteous cry and the Lord heareth. What a comfort. And look what it says there. And delivereth them out of all their troubles. And we could, we could go on that. We should probably just do a study of Psalm 34. But, um, <clears throat> but that's good to know that, that we can trust in our God. And that was the testimony of the psalmist that he was confident that God was dealing well in his life. He was working those circumstances out that uh, regardless of how uh, exciting or fun it was at the time, he knew that God was doing things for his good according to his word. And so uh, let's move on to verses 66 through 68. Verse 66 says, Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I have believed thy commandments. He's, he, it's a prayer here. God, teach me these things. Good judgment and knowledge. It says, for I have believed. And uh, when we believe a person, we willingly listen to what they have to say. It's a lot easier to listen to instruction when you appreciate the instructor, uh, right? Cindy was, uh, we were talking uh, <clears throat> earlier in the week before she had left, and, and it was actually about that thing. She was uh, going to go somewhere, and, and there was a certain individual that was going to be uh, delivering some advice, some information. And she's like, I don't, this is going to be pointless. I don't have no confidence in this individual's ability uh, to, to provide guidance or direction in this area. I just don't see it. And, uh, but uh, listen, the character of a teacher adds strength to the instructions that they're imparting, that he or she is imparting, right? Uh, that individual's character or their testimony, uh, we can have confidence in those things. And the psalmist believed God. He, he believed what God said. He, For I have believed thy commandments. And so he says, teach me good 
judgment and knowledge, what, what greater instructor could we have? But God himself. And uh, he believed his word and he believed in his commandments. And he could have confidence in that. He was ready for more instruction. Uh, look, teach me good judgments and knowledge. Are you ready for more instruction? Uh, listen, it's hard to be ready for more instruction if you haven't digested and applied the previous. Anybody that's ever been to school, it kind of builds, right? You know, one plus one is two. And then after that, they start putting the alphabet in math. And that's when it, you just, I lose it all, right? But if you haven't been in the fundamentals, it's really hard. And so uh, when he says, teach me good judgment and knowledge, it says, for I have believed thy commandments. He said, well, the things that I've already received, I believe those things. And, and he said, I want more of that. And uh, so uh, he was ready for instruction. Knowing God's word, uh, listen, it's reliable. The psalmist relied on the word of God and, and uh, <clears throat> he wanted that conviction translated into practical action in his life. He's saying, uh, this stuff that I've heard, I, I have believed these commandments, I've experienced these things, I want more of that. Give me an extra dose, so to speak. Just give me some more. Teach me good judgment and knowledge, he prayed. Lord, give me some more of this good stuff. Uh, as believers, we have a decision to make. It may concern uh, our business or, or some situation at home. Um, uh, we may not be sure of what... Uh, the right thing to do is sometimes. It's, sometimes it's not real obvious or plain. Um, <clears throat> but the psalmist here desires to know what God would have him to do. Or teach me. Uh, give me knowledge. Give me good judgment. Uh, he, he prays for that. And then, then a good believer, a good Christian is going to turn to the scriptures. Lord, I, I need your guidance. I need your judgment. I need your knowledge, and, and he, they turn to the scriptures, and, and we ought to be waiting patiently for God to speak to that situation. Uh, sometimes it's hard to be patient in those situations, because we want an answer, right? We, we have, we're, we're faced with a circumstance or, or something, and, and Lord, I need you to show me what to do here. And we just need to patiently turn to the scriptures and, and, and trust the Lord. <clears throat> the Lord's established himself as faithful uh, and, and trustworthy. Uh, I, we get in trouble when we get ahead of him and we don't have patience um, and, and we don't wait for that answer from the Lord or, or for those confirming scriptures in our life. And uh, listen, uh, we can find that God meets uh, us in his word. Uh, listen, he can give us a specific verse. Uh, he can give us a divine principle that's applicable to those circumstances and, and, uh, or maybe the example of the life of somebody that's gone before us in scriptures. Uh, that's why they're there, right? It's one of the reasons. There, there's examples to us in, in, in how they live their lives. And, and, uh, <clears throat> but have you ever been there when God quietly uh, assures you and sways your balance of judgment to the right decision. 
because you were patient. And you waited on him and, and, and you just found comfort in the scriptures. And so that decision became so obvious sometimes at, at moments it can. Because you're patiently waiting for the Lord. And, and he can always give us precisely what we need. Uh, if we're looking, and, and sometimes we do need to wait a little while. We need to, to, to hold out and allow God to do it in his time. And, and so we are, the psalmist here, he wanted to be sure uh, that God's word would be applied to the practical decisions of his daily life. Give me good judgment. Uh, Lord, I need that. And, and where else can we get that but the word of God? You're not going to get it in society in the world today. Their judgment is whack, if you haven't noticed. Uh, it's messed up. And, and so in order to get knowledge in that good judgment, we need to be into the word of God and And so verse 67 goes on. It says, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I have kept thy word. And uh, he makes a confession here. I went astray. Have you been guilty of that? Boy, I have. Uh, I think it's true of all of us. Uh, I mean, we can read Isaiah 53, 6. All we like have sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And then, of course, we know the Lord had laid the iniquity on, on him. Uh, excuse me. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Listen, to stray is as natural to a sinner as, as it is to a sheep. I've never uh, owned a sheep. I don't know the first thing about shepherding uh, sheep. Uh, but everything I've heard and read is they're not too smart. Uh, and they're good at getting themselves in trouble. They're good at going astray. And for us, I think we're just as good. Why else would the Lord relate us to them? He's a pretty smart guy, right? The Lord is uh, the creator. Uh, listen, so he makes that, that confession, I've went astray. And it says, before I was afflicted, I went astray. So the indication here is that we can bring affliction, maybe we call that chastisement in our life. I think it's applicable both ways. Sometimes we just face affliction. Listen, Christ was afflicted for nothing that he did. So it's not always self-inflicted, but it can be. And in this case, he went astray. And so then there was, so he makes the confession that he goes astray, and if you will, uh, there's a conversion. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. As long as he was left to himself, he did as he pleased. Are we guilty of that? When we're left to ourselves, we just do what we please. But affliction comes, right? The affliction came here in this circumstance with the psalmist, and he was brought to his senses like the prodigal son that we talked about last week. And you start to think, what in the world am I thinking? Look at the affliction that I have caused in my life. Uh, Look at the frustrations and the challenges that I inflicted upon myself. Uh, He went astray before he was afflicted, but now he no longer goes astray. The psalmist. And and that's where we get to maybe what we want to say, the consecration. Verse 67, but now have I kept thy word. Uh, So I went astray. Uh, I confess that, and, 
and, and I turn from that and now I'm consecrated or, or I'm committed to keeping thy word. And uh, listen, when we go astray, we can always, like last week, direct our steps back to the word of God and find safety. Uh, it will never lead us astray. It, it will always keep us on the right path. And, and uh, <clears throat> affliction ought to draw us to God. I believe when God allows affliction in our life, that's really the purpose of it. The, and, it and when you apply it to chastisement, uh, that is the purpose of it. Hebrews, 13, or Hebrews 12, 6 says this, For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. Right? And so when we do go astray, when we, well, when we uh, get away from God, he will bring affliction or chastisement in our life uh, in order to bring us back into a right relationship with Him or fellowship with Him. A right fellowship with Him. Uh, listen, it's a, uh, you're not a very good parent if you don't chasten your children. That's right. They need it. Um, and, and so it wouldn't, our God wouldn't be a good God if He didn't bring chastisement in our life. Because we would go astray and we would bring affliction upon ourselves and troubles upon ourselves that are unnecessary. Uh, we have to chastise our children at times to ensure that we bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Uh, our God is the same. Uh, we're not going to develop into what He wants us to be if He allows us to get off on our own without trying to bring us back into the right path. I mean, that's common sense, right? It doesn't take a genius. Even I can understand that. Uh, verse 68, thou art good and doest good. Teach me thy statutes. And so he understands that, that God is good. I've went astray. Uh, I've been afflicted. And in, in all of these circumstances, God has been good. Um, even So I would say in afflictions that we don't bring upon ourselves and afflictions that we do bring upon ourselves, God is good. Uh, <clears throat> God is holy. All of his ways are holy. Uh, God is love. And love characterizes all he does. It sent him to the cross. Uh, God uh, is good, so goodness characterizes all of his purposes. We looked at Romans. He has purposes and things he's accomplishing in our life, and it's, it's for good. And, and uh, do you trust that? We would all in here, I think, say, yeah, I trust that. Absolutely, I believe that. But when you're going through it, that's the time where it's... Mm, those are the times where we're not as confident that God is really working for our good. But again, it's perspective in understanding what God's doing in our lives. God is kind, and, and He's always going to deal kindly uh, as necessary. And, and listen, we can't blame God and, uh, directly or indirectly for any suffering, sickness, or sadness in life uh, because God's good. Uh, to do anything less would be really to blaspheme or to slander Him. Uh, because regardless of that situation and how difficult we feel that it is, God is doing something good. That's hard to digest. 
It really is. Because that's not what our natural response is. Uh, we respond in the flesh oftentimes. And, and there's some verses here in this, in this stanza that kind of deal with the, the opposite response of, of responding in the flesh. And, and, uh, but the psalmist, what he, how does he respond in affliction? So like I said, we can bring affliction upon ourselves. We can go astray. But, but look at verse 69. The proud have forged a lie against me. But I have kept thy precepts with my whole heart. And so sometimes we bring those things upon ourselves, and then other times we don't have to do anything, and there's lies uh, that people can bring against us. Uh, it's very hard to accept uh, to have your character to be smeared, especially when it's deliberate. Excuse me, that's a challenge. And it really becomes even more difficult to digest when they're successful in the lies and people start to believe it. You know, because sometimes people, uh, they'll say something, ah, nobody gives it really any credit. But once that starts to take root and, and pick up some speed, maybe, and people start believing these lies, that can be a difficult thing. And, and so it says, the proud have forged a lie against me. Uh, someone has said that when mud is thrown, it sticks. And even after the worst of it can be brushed off, it often leaves a stain. I know that mud down in Texas, I was at Shepherd Air Force Base, the dirt's red. Maybe parts of Oklahoma too, it's just weird. And, and they dye shirts with that mud, that dirt. They take it and they dye it. And, and so sometimes people can say some things and, and regardless of what's done to rectify that, there's still a stain. And uh, the Satan's good at doing stuff like that. Satan's good at that. And um, he's the father of lies. We understand that. And uh, he seems to have plenty of people to fling some dirt at us at times. You know, plenty of people that, that uh, are just all about flinging the dirt and, and, and sharing lies and, and uh, bearing false witness, if you will. And uh, but the sad thing is, too often Christians are, are, seem ready to believe something like, you know, just like, oh, they, we'd rather believe the negative about somebody than the positive. It's like, give me that juicy nastiness about someone, right? I mean, that, it speaks to our flesh. Boy, we need to be careful about that. But um, <clears throat> someone had, had forged this lie against the psalmist, yet the lie caused them only to cling closer to the truth. Look what it says there. But I will keep thy precepts with my whole heart. Regardless of what people are saying, I'm going to stick to the truth. Uh, oftentimes our flesh, that's not the natural response. We don't want to respond uh, that way. We want, to, we want to make that thing right. We want to correct it. But listen, I think if we would just keep the precepts with our whole heart and, and just allow God to work out the circumstances, we'd be better off. Uh, sometimes things do need to be dealt with. I, I understand that. And, but um, uh, we need to be careful that we don't feel like we have to justify ourselves or make things, uh, you know, explain everything out because of what somebody said. Let's allow God to do it and, and take care of that business. Uh, his reaction here. Uh, look at what it says in, in verse 70. Their heart is as fat as grease, but I delight in thy law. 
And uh, this is an interesting thought here. Fatness in the Bible was not something necessarily culturally negative uh, uh, among those of that day uh, necessarily. And uh, it's a sign of prosperity and, and well-being. But fat as grease uh, is something else. Uh, it suggests something repulsive. Uh, this is not a fatness of spiritual blessing, uh, I guess you would say. And, uh, but the flesh run wild. But the flesh, the psalmist describes his enemies as having fat hearts here. It says the heart, of course, represents their, their inner person, right? And in that inner man, if you will. And, and it says a heart fat as grease. Uh, I believe it kind of suggests a life totally given over to the flesh. Uh, just kind of repulsive. And, but it says, but I delight in thy law. He said, these folks have really let their flesh run wild, but I delight in thy law. His enemies has indulged their lust and lies and had become vile, but he had been indulging himself in the word of God and the truth of God's word. Uh, he refuses to become like them. And I'm afraid sometimes we're guilty of that when people begin to tell lies or or come at us, how do we respond in a like manner? And we need to be careful. But the psalmist here says, but I delight in that law. They can say whatever they want. I'm going to stick to the truth. I'm going to delight in the word of God. And I'm going to allow God to take care of all those circumstances and work those things out. <clears throat> he doesn't want to become like them. And uh, he found God's word to be the protection or the best protection against this kind of a life. If you just live the Word of God, you'll, you'll not be the one portraying lies in, in those things. But um, <clears throat> do you delight in the law? Uh, when somebody offends you, says a lie about you, accuses you of something, is the first thing that comes to your mind just the, the delight of God's Word in your heart? Uh, that's not naturally in our flesh the case. But if we would be committed to living the Word of God, I think we could have a right response. Share Scripture with them. Uh, share what God's doing in your life. And, and maybe it's a circumstance that God's done something with Scripture in your life. You can share that example with them. Say, hey, you're saying this, but you know what the Word of God says? Rather than, I'm going to give you a piece of my mind. Uh, you know, you guys, I know you've heard it. Some people have given too many pieces away, right? They're, they're crazy. But uh, well, they can't, I mean, you can't control your emotions and type of thing. But um, his reaction in affliction. Look at verse 71. It is good for me that I have been afflicted. Do we believe that? It is good for me that I have been afflicted. This hurts, but it's good. It's kind of like working out, no pain, no gain, maybe. Um, and look what it says, that I might learn thy statutes. The psalmist here understood that this affliction brought him closer to God's word. Uh, very few of us would probably say, I don't know why this page keeps curling up here, um, would probably say, uh, wouldn't it say that affliction equals good. We don't necessarily like that. And, 
And uh, that's usually the last thing where we go uh, in our minds when we think of those things. Uh, But the child of God finds goodness in affliction if he does not rebel against it. Remember I talked about perspective? Don't rebel against those things that are coming in your life, chastisement or otherwise, because you understand that God's doing a work. It's good. And it's driving you. Uh, look, at uh, <clears throat> it is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. When we're afflicted, we ought to run to the Word of God. We ought to run and we can find comfort and peace and instruction and we can get that judgment and that knowledge that we need to handle the circumstances. Uh, It's good for us. Uh, I found this quote, Any affliction that drives us to the Bible and to our knees is worthwhile. It's worthwhile. Um, and, And sometimes maybe it'll be there for a while. Uh, but as long as it's driving you to the Word of God and, and, and to before God's throne in prayer, uh, it's doing you some good, uh, regardless of whether you think it or not. And, and here we go, verse 72, And, and uh, the law of thy mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. And so here's the perspective. He says in verse 71 that it was good that I had be, been afflicted. Those things were good for me. Why? Because it helped me to learn the statutes of God. And then he says in verse 72 that it's better than thousands of gold and silver. All this affliction that was in my life brought me closer to the word of God and that is more valuable than anything the world has to offer. What an amazing thought. Uh, But we think we need a new car. We think we need a bigger house. Well, you don't need a bigger house. It's just a headache, believe me. We bought a big house, and there's a million projects, and none of them are getting done. But, but we always think we need something more. But we have all that we need. We really do. Uh, more precious than anything that we can amass or accumulate in this life is the Word of God. Do we really account it that in our lives. Because if we, if we understood that the afflictions that God allowed in our lives was bringing us closer to this word that is, that is invaluable, maybe we'd pray for affliction. Easy now, easy. Calm down. Easy, killer. Uh, listen, it's a matter of our priorities. What's important to you in life? Uh, what world are you investing in? Where do you want most to succeed? In the world of business or in the world of the Bible? What do we really want in our lives? And uh, I'll be honest this morning, and I can't share all the circumstances because we don't have time, and it's, I don't know, it's my life, not yours, but God is really beating this home in my heart and life. What is important? Is serving him or accomplishments in the world? And uh, I can give examples, things uh, I know 
this is kind of presumptuous to say, but I know I can get promoted in the Air Force. I know exactly the people I need to talk to and rub shoulders with. I, I, I know I can. But it is contrary to what God has in his word for me. And it's sometimes a hard pillow to swallow, but I understand that if I'm going to focus on God and his word, the other things are going to lack. The things that are going to lead to promotion. And so very few people succeed in both. Very few. Uh, and that's because both are totally demanding. Is If success is not to be nominal, just the norm, right? Jesus said it, ye cannot serve God in mammon. One is going to lack. Uh, it, it's just you got to pick. you got to choose. The law of thy mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. The psalmist had a better treasure in his Bible than in all the gold in the world. And I believe he believed it. He accounted it such. What an honor it would be to pin a portion of the Word of God. Uh, talk about somebody that, that is clued into some of the things. He's been taught some things from the Word of God. And, and so uh, <clears throat> he had made his decision. He knew for which world he was living. He had made a choice. His treasure was in heaven. This morning, I want to ask you, how about us? What's our priority? Uh, where is our focus? Where's our affection set? How do you respond in affliction this morning? Do you turn to the Word of God? Or do you lash out in the flesh? Fat as grease. For the psalmist, the affliction drove him to the Word and he found comfort in the presence of God there. And uh, we can do the same. Listen, it's about our perspective. We must be set in the right place, or our perspective must be set in the right place, or we can easily be discouraged, even in light affliction. Even the simple stuff. Uh, but when we understand the right perspective is God's doing it for our good, to draw Him closer to Himself and closer to His Word, that's why it's there. If we have that perspective, I think we would appreciate it a lot more. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for what you've done in my heart through this lesson. And I just pray, Lord, that you would draw us near to your word. Lord, that's a, a difficult thing to say, but Lord, we need it. And I pray, Lord, that we would turn to you, Lord, and trust you in all of it. No matter how challenging or difficult it is, but Lord, we would understand that you're doing a work that maybe we don't recognize or know of, and we just trust you to do good. And Father, we pray that you bless our service to follow. We ask that you would speak to each and every heart. Pray that the lost souls would be saved. Lord, I pray that nobody would leave this place without Christ today. Lord, I pray you do a work in hearts. Draw the Christian near to you, and we'll give you the thanks for it all. In Jesus' name, amen.